Tom Motormouths, Ditch and Bud on News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. All right, here we go. You ready to talk about cars? We are. That's what we're going to do here for the next hour. It's a good day, man. It's a good uh, good weekend to talk about cars. And if you listen to the Motor Miles, you know that's what we do in many different ways. And first of all, you can reach out to us a couple of different ways. Of course, on our Rick's Powder Coating text line, it's very easy. It's 901-683-0989. And the best thing about that is you, you can message us anytime. If during the week something pops up in your mind, you want to say, I want to ask the, those car guys over on uh, on that Motor Mouth show. Just do it, and uh, we will read and get to it. As a matter of fact, I like how Bud puts it. Bud says, you know, let us be your car guys. We may not be experts in all this stuff, but we're we're, we're, we're the car guy that maybe you don't have Every, in your everyone, life. Everyone needs to have a car guy yeah. in, in their life. you got to have a guy, and, and uh, that's what we're here for. And the beautiful thing is we, we have guys that we also talk to and refer to sometimes if we don't have the immediate answer and uh, – so that's what we like to do, and not not just the car guy. We're the car guy that's also got a guy. That's a very a specialist. As my kid always says, "Dad, you got a guy for everything." And I said, "Yeah." And one of the most important guys is a car guy or girl, for that matter. Uh, so that's one of the ways. Nine zero one six eight three zero ninety eight nine. Of course, socially you can reach out all different ways. Yeah, of course we're on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Bud Motormouth. You can find us on the website. We've got themotormouths.com. There's an option to contact us. You can send us an email directly. Uh, be as detailed as you want. Send us pictures. We love that stuff. And, of course, I'm live every Monday night on twitch.tv slash thortyundead. I've been playing Car Mechanic Simulator, and, uh, Ditch, I am addicted to this game. It is so much fun. The, 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 whole, the whole concept of this game at, at a point is you just flip cars. You go to the junkyard. You buy a car. The way, the way I kind of see it is... Uh, each level of the game is the car that you buy, and the score is how much money you make on it after you, like, repair it. And you go through the whole process of, like, stripping it down, repairing the parts, buying new parts, performance parts, and put it all back together. It's just a fun game, and it's a great way for me to just talk about cars, and I answer tons of questions. And, hey, shout out to uh, Hydro and Outlaw and you guys coming by the stream to, to visit and chat cars with me. It's been a great time. Anyone else, again, twitch.tv slash thortyundead. Uh, I, of course, always share it on my Twitter when I'm going live. That's every Monday night at, at uh, 6 p.m. And all of the places we just referenced, one easy place to find all of it is newstalk989.com. At the very top of all the list of shows, you see Motor Mouths. Click on that, and that goes to all the stuff. And it also goes to past episodes of us talking about cars. And a lot of things to talk about today here on the Motor Mouths. First of all, let's start with Bud. You have been a busy car guy. Now, with good weather comes requests to do work. And I always say I'm, I'm happy to do work, just not for free. But, yeah, uh, yeah so... Um, <laughs> Um, I, I, I did a brake job on a Subaru very recently. I did rear brakes, uh, calipers, uh, pads, rotors, all of that. And then I also recently worked on a Saturn. And uh, it brought up a bunch of stuff. And, of course, now now as I'm working on cars for people, every time something comes up, I think, man, we got to talk about that on the motor mouse. That would make sense. And something that, that came up as I was uh, describing to the owner of this brake job is how you know you're, you're leaking brake fluid. That's a good thing. That's a good mm. kind of 
piece of information to have in your head. Yeah. And because uh, as I was describing it, I'm like, man, this is this is something our listeners might be interested in. You know, it's good good to know if you're leaking brake fluid. Kind of. It's kind, kind of, of important, important to yeah. know. Kind of, kind of, you want to keep that in the car. It's probably one of the most uh, dangerous fluids to your person if you're you're leaking it. But um, the, ba- the basically the sign as I described it is, you know, if you first off, this is just an indicator something's wrong to begin with. If you go to press your brake, you're coming up to a light. You hit the brake and your pedal goes down like it normally does, and then it just keeps sinking and sinking and sinking all the way to the floor until it hard stops, and then the car starts to move. That's an indicator to put your parking brake on immediately. Most cars, the parking brake is separate and doesn't require brake fluid. It's a cable uh, powered system. Powered yeah. is the wrong yeah. word, but it's a, it's a cable driven system. You right. pull the you pull that lever in between the seats, and it pulls a cable that manually um, moves some mechanical parts that will lock the brake in place. Uh, what you see m- on most cars these days is they've got disc brakes in the rear, but inside the disc brake is a shoe drum design that that's just there for the parking brake. So that's your backup. They call it the, you know it, people get mad when you call it the e brake because it's the you know for emergency brake, but it is the parking brake. But you can use it in an emergency. So uh, uh, if it if this consistently happens, you find yourself you know you're driving and then all of a sudden your pedal just keeps sinking. It's not firm anymore. That's a, that the first thing you want to do. Get yourself somewhere safe. Put the parking brake on. Get out and check all four wheels and see if there's fluid coming down. And that's exactly what this Subaru was doing. The uh, it turns out that the pad got worn so bad that the piston pushed out too far from the caliper. First off, the pad fell out. Oh, it, wow. which, which will happen if they that get, they get worn really bad. That's happened to me. They a few heat times. up, they crack, the pad yeah. falls out. Now the piston has to push out of that caliper so far, it's going to start to lose fluid. And if you see fluid coming out any four of the wheels, you're done. You're done driving for now. Stop. Stop driving right now. Not to mention, it's going to be a, a full brake overhaul. You're yeah. talking rotors, everything. Yeah, and and you, this is this is something that comes up a lot. People say, hey, I, you know, I think I need my brakes done. I just you know got to do the pads, and it's like, no, no. You, I know the rotor still looks good, but if you actually took a if you took a um, micrometer and measured it, you would see that it's under the specification. There's a, there's a certain thickness it's supposed to be, and if it's below that threshold, this is back to that the caliper has to reach out too far to to apply the brakes. So you put brand new pads on an under spec rotor, it'll work for a little while, but once those pads wear say 25 percent. Now the entire thickness of your braking system, that's the rotor and the pads, is under spec and your piston's working too hard out of the caliper and now you're going to destroy your calipers or and leak the, brake fluid. You know what's amazing? When you get into the details about stuff like this, it seems like, oh, what's he, he's just talking about, you know, a couple of millimeters. The the, the thickness is, is how is that going to affect it? But over time, and, and when I say over time, I just mean like, a year, two years, Bud's ridden in my pickup truck with warped rotors, and you know how bad of a ride that oh, was. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I knew your car, it. your car committed violence on me every time you hit the brake. <laughs> I, I mean, I laugh about it, and I seriously, but I knew what was going on. And until Bud got in my truck, I never really got it out on the open road. Uh, at higher speeds, typically I was just driving a mile. And, and a lot half of these things direction. happen so gradually. And I'll get into that a bit more with the Saturn I was working on because we did some shocks. But but my point about that is, is uh, it wore everything out, and now I'm finding that I have to replace it. It I'm replacing parts in my braking system more than I should be. Yeah. And uh, and it goes to the 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 brake fluid. It goes to all of the different specifics of your braking system and if you ignore one little part of it it will eventually screw the whole system yeah and you you ignore the rotor you just put new brand new pads on it now you think okay my brakes are done and you forget about it six months later 
now your your brakes are acting up again and you think you got to put new pads on it again you right. know and you're yeah. not thinking about you know maybe I should have done the rotor by now you go to any shop they'll tell you and this was this was a lesson I learned doing this over and over again when I was working in the shop is just do the rotors just just do the darn rotors even if they're close to spec or barely close to spec it, it it's kind of like you just get ahead of it and then here's the other thing too ditch most pads come with a lifetime warranty like mo especially if you go to shops they'll get, there, there's a, there's a warranty on those pads but as i've said before you got to ask for it you got to make sure when you make the purchase when you buy the pads or when you get the job done at the shop you communicate that with the person behind the desk and say what's my warranty here what am i entitled to when these pads wear out and most of the time most of the time the the pads themselves will have a warranty on them and you can get them replaced is there an average length of time that your pad should last no, you just I'm absolutely say, not. everybody drives differently exactly there is no one i've gotten this question so many times yeah. you know how long are these brakes good for and i i tell them it entirely depends on you how hard are you wailing on those brakes you have to change your brake pads a lot don't you uh so yeah because you, you drive like i drive crazy. like a maniac and you i'm do. not I, I know what I'm getting myself into. I mean, I try not to abuse the car too hard. It also depends on which car I'm driving. If it's my Marauder, they last forever because I baby that thing. Yeah. But the the other thing, too, is it depends on your commute. And not, and not even, even if you're not or you are driving like a maniac, if you're commuting on the highway an hour each way every day, you know, you're, you're, you're driving straight for 60 miles an hour, you know, doing the speed limit, of course. But, you know, you're, you're not applying the brakes. You're putting tons of miles on the car, but you're not using the brakes Versus because you're driving a straight line. But if you're city driving, city commute, yeah. stop, stop and go traffic, you're going you're gonna to wear your brakes out a lot faster. So that's why, that's why most brake jobs don't come with that kind of mileage warranty. And a lot of time, again, you got to ask the guy when you're buying them, a lot of the pads come with like a lifetime warranty. Calipers, too. Calipers almost always have a lifetime warranty. And the other thing you got to know, Bud, you brought up the the point of pushing the pedal all the way down to the floor. You should not have to do that with your brakes. Correct. Your brake pedal should never go very far. No, you should. It should get firm. And if you have to pump it, that's an indication of brake of air in the line. And if you get your calipers changed out, uh, this this is that the process of bleeding the brakes. You've probably heard that process out there. You know, you got to bleed the brakes. So what happens is you buy a brand new caliper. That caliper. When it's functional, when it's on the car, it's filled with fluid, and that's that's how it that's how that piston is being pushed out. You push the pedal; it shoves fluid through the through the line, and the line expands the you know pushes out the piston. All right. So when you buy that thing, it's got air in it, and you when they're putting new calipers on your car, you got to bleed the brakes. This is a process I went through. It's very nice to have two people when you do it. There's a number of ways to do it. Everyone argue argues about which way is right, but basically what you got to do is you have to push the air out of there and make sure it's it's completely because if there's air in the lines air compresses so you go to press the brake and it, it 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 squeezes the air and it's not applying the full amount of pressure to your to your the piston in the caliper so when and you'll when, feel it in your brake pedal you'll feel it, it'll be yeah. spongy and uh if you if you get your brakes done and then you go driving and you realize that like you hit the brake it kind of sinks but if you pump it it starts to get firmer and firmer and firmer. That's that's an indication that you've probably got air on the lines, and it's not. It's it, it. You can get by on that. Like I think I drove my Matador like that for like a month or two back in the day when I didn't know any better. But it is something you do want to address. It's not good for your braking and, system. And there is a there is a very specific system about of how to bleed the brakes. Uh, and if you know you're somebody who is comfortable changing your brakes, uh. Simple things like the pads, maybe the calipers, a little bit more of a of a of a of a job for you. But when you get into bleeding your brakes, there is a specific system on how you do it and which one you 
uh, oh, uh, uh, what what sex what wheel you you, you go yeah. first? You start, furthest, you, furthest from to the, the closest, and that's yeah. if you're doing the whole if you're doing the whole system. If you're bleeding out the fluid, if you're just changing out a caliper. You can just bleed the line that you addressed. Your, yeah. So uh, and, and like the, the quick and dirty way to do it, and I'll probably get a lot of a lot of flack for this, but the quick and dirty way to do it is you have someone in the car, they pump the brake one two three, they hold it the third time, and then you just crack open the bleeder valve, let it spit out the air, and then shut it. It takes longer. It's very wasteful. There's another way to do it where you put a tube on the caliper you run it into a bottle you fill that bottle with brake fluid and you you press it out and then it sucks the fluid back in it gets starts to get into the weeds i recommend watching some videos on it if it's if it's not something you feel comfortable with or, or don't have someone teaching you how to do it <laughs> i tried that method and i, yeah. I it took me all day yeah, i kept getting it it's, wrong man. it's a mess and trying to do it by yourself yeah. is, is a pain too there's also a method where you open the bleeder push have someone push the pedal all the way to the floor then cl- then close it then let the pedal up and then do that again. That's another. That's another method I've seen. Uh, everyone argues about which one's right. The best method I've seen, of course, is in the shop. My uh, my technician had a little, um, a little, uh, like little uh, tool. He would plug in. It had a little electronic pump in it, and it would just suck the fluid through it. Oh, and, uh, nice. That thing. That thing was awesome. But uh, if you don't want to spend four hundred bucks on on one of those because you're not doing it ten times a day, I, and, I, it's understandable. And you should uh, the cap on your brake fluid bottle. Yes. Should be loosened or when tight. You're, when you're when you're bleeding, you want it loosened, loosened yeah. and you want to make sure you're topping it off. You don't want to let it get empty. You don't want to let the reservoir right. get empty. But not off completely when you're bleeding. Just loosened enough. Just loosened enough, yeah. and then don't forget to put it back on. It's not, yeah, that's not kind good. of important. And then and then when you have a bottle of brake fluid with like just a little bit left, just throw it out. You can't you can't store it on your shelf for an extended period of brake time. Brake fluid absorbs moisture. Correct. And uh, and that's why if you have something as Bud said that sits in your uh, it's sitting in your carport or your garage or whatever for six months, and you're like, yeah, I, c- I can use the rest of this. Not a good idea. Yeah, exactly. So I want to I want to jump on this other job that I did. Uh, I did front struts in a Saturn View, and uh, it was this is, this is this is a very interesting car. Single owner, 155,000 miles, 2005 Saturn View with a manual, and. Uh, it was. It was. Wow. Yeah. Manual. So, and I got more. I got more on that. I did front struts. They'd never been done. The car is twenty years old. The struts were shot like you. I was even at the bounce test, and uh, I really should have recorded a video. I did a side by side after I changed one strut, and it was night and day. Like, and you the, could just see the effort I had to put in to be able to shake the car. Just for versus, reference, in my head, the view is kind of like the Saturn sort of SUV small yeah. crossover. Kind of look, kind of re- reminiscent of the uh, Honda Element. Okay. Very blocky right. looking. Yep. But uh, they were they were pretty solid. You know products so yeah um i they just don't see a lot of them anymore because they stopped making them but uh and saturn doesn't really exist anymore no um so anyway i did the front struts and the owner she came out and i told her you know i, I took it out and test drove it first every time i work on someone's car i test drive it first because if it's going to kill somebody it should be me if i made a mistake that's fair so anyway i took it out took it for a drive felt good gave it to her she took it out and drove it and she goes wow it's like a whole new car and and she didn't notice it, and this is what I was saying about how shocks are such a gradual thing. It's like watching your hair grow. Every day you look in the mirror, you don't notice it, but then you go get a haircut, and you're like, wow, I had a lot of hair. A lot of hair. And, and it's the same thing with, with shocks because they degrade at such a, at such a slow pace. You, you don't really notice the change in you, the performance every day. You're so used to the ride. Every, every single day yeah. you get in the car, and it's so gradual. Then you put new struts in there, and you're like, whoa, this is okay. Now I see yeah. what the difference is. And what's funny was she called me a, a couple days later and said, okay, I need you to do the rears now. Because, because you, you, when you drive it, you can feel the front's very tight, very responsive, the way it's supposed to be. And the, the back end is like driving a bathtub. So now, now I need now I need to go back and, and knock out the rears. But what was funny was she was saying, you know, I love this car, 
but I'm, I, 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 you know, she listens to the motor mouths and she's like, I know you talk about this, this calculation of it's going to need a big repair. Do I get a new car or do I keep it? And so I kind of had that conversation with her. It needs a, it's going to need a clutch. It's got, it's on its original clutch, 155,000 miles on the original clutch. She babies this thing. So I, I looked the car over. I'm like, there's not a speck of rust on this thing. It's the, the interior is clean. It's, it's had one. It's, you're the only owner. Whoa. You, I told her, I, I look, I've heard the motor. I know it gets its regular oil changes. I looked at, you know, I gave it a count of the once over. I said, I said, you, you'd be crazy. It, you know, I, I actually called a transmission shop, got a quote on a clutch. It's 1800 to, to do the clutch on this thing. And it's pretty standard repair. And then I told her, do the slave cylinder as well. So the, um, the, Clutch clutches on these cars, especially these front-wheel drive cars, it's not a direct mechanical connection. It's just like the brakes. It's a hydraulic system. It's got, got it. its own little brake fluid reservoir that when you press the clutch, it runs fluid through and press. There's the, it's called the master cylinder, the slave cylinder, mm-hmm. and the slave cylinder is what applies to the the clutch and you know uh, adjust you know moves the, the the clutch plate. And I told her do that while you're at it. Just have them do it. So for eighteen hundred, you're I told her you're going to get another seventy thousand miles out of this car. These cars and down here in the south, last two hundred. I see so many two hundred plus thousand mile cars, and so I said, I said, uh, if, if it was me, I'd spend the eighteen hundred. You, you're 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 going to get another five years. She's perfectly out of this car. happy with the car, clearly. And she doesn't commute a great distance, right? So I was I was like, you love the car. It's it, you're the only owner. You know its history. That's that was one where I was like, just just pay and just do the, the clutch. It'll last. You know, take take care of it as long as the motor holds out. You're fine. So I, I, that was, what that, else has she done to it? If it's got 150,000 miles, not, not a whole lot. I it's mean, had, you know, it's had, but is it going to get enough? to that point where she's going to have to start the, the things that wear out very typically, you know, the alternator, those kind of things. But again, right. And it, those it's, it's a GM. They're so easy to yeah. just, the, the parts are very readily available. It's, it's got, it's got, I think the 2.2, which is it, they put that in everything for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I told her, you know, barring some kind of cat- catastrophic engine implosion, which she's not going to let happen. She takes care of it. She gets the regular, again, regular maintenance, regular oil change. She showed me her, her receipts. There's dating back. She's got all the oil changes <laughs> done on time. I was like, I'd be like, you're crazy to think that 1800 is, is a death sentence for this car. And it was funny when I called the transmission shop, they were like, they were like a Saturn view. Yeah. And he's like with, with a manual. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're sure. I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm on the phone. I'm like, I'm looking right at it, man. Like, yeah. it's, it's definitely real. I'm touching it, you know. And uh, he was like, Wow, you just don't see those. I'm like, Yeah, because people don't take care of them like this. Yeah. So, does this thing have air conditioning? Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a must have, man. Well, I know it's a must have, but yeah. I mean, I, uh, hope, I don't think she would have kept it this long if it didn't have it. That's crazy. Well, yeah. No, we've had a lot of those conversations, a lot of those questions lately about. Do I just, I think this would be the third conversation direct we've had with somebody who's had car repairs versus just buying a new car. Um, right. You know, and some of them it gets. Especially to- with car prices. Like, I mean, we had John Clay Wolf on just recently was talking about how the market is not deflating like everyone's hoping. So used car prices are are, are high right now. So I think we're kind of in a state where. You know, you're better off kind of holding on to the car if you can. Yeah, and if you have to finance something, it's gonna, it's still, it's still gonna be uh, costly. So people are weighing the option of man, pay this price to get this thing fixed. Now we had a Honda we talked about last couple of weeks. It was uh, Gwen. Yeah, four or five thousand dollar repair or something. And at that point, well, you just, as, as we suggested to her, drive it until it dies, really, right. and, th- and then you're well. Start to get saving up. New. Start one. One thing I I always heard was start making your car payment. Think about how what your budget's going to be. You know what what you're going to spend on the new car, and start making that payment to yourself. Put it in your savings account, so when it comes time to actually buy the car, you can put that much more down.
That makes total sense. And you also get used to a, that car payment if you haven't had a car payment in a long right. time. Right, exactly. You make sure it's within your budget and it's it's you're, you're lined up for it. And then if you get six months out of it, you got six months saved up. If you got if you get eight months out of it, you know. And I mean, you continue to take care of the car to the best of your ability. But, um, you know, again, that, that, that calculation, it's always good to kind of get ahead of it rather than you don't want you don't want to wait until the car catastrophically fails and then you have to impulsively buy a car. You can bide your time and actually go shopping and spend time shopping for a car you should visit a handful of dealerships test drive multiple cars don't buy the first one you like and inventory slowly really slowly is improving uh and it will continue probably to gradually improve and that's also one of the things that's keeping the car prices down coming up but i want to talk to you about junkyard tires oh yeah uh you're 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 changing my you're kind of changing my tune man yeah we're gonna have a discussion about that and the ev market they continue to try to uh, force us into EVs, and how are Americans responding? We're going to go over it's some not, numbers. not good. I also got to tell you about this uh, YouTuber I like. His name's Tavarish. He rebuilt a, um, a McLaren 675LT completely, and then the motor exploded. Now he has bought a McLaren P1. It's a $2 million hypercar. He bought it for 575000 but it was completely submerged in salt water during a flood in Miami. So oh, that's, that, be that is blowing up the internet right now. All that's coming up here on the Motor Mouths. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we're the Motor Mouths. Like dropping an LS3 and an AMC Pacer. The Motor Mouths, Ditch and Bud on News Talk 98.9. Boy, there's a car you don't see at all anymore. When was the unless last? Unless you watch uh, Wayne's World. Unless, right. That car died a, a rather sudden death and literally was extinct I mean, the after entire the brand, fact. it's very rare you see AMCs at car shows. Of any kind. At all. Yeah. Unless, unless I bring mine. And why is that? They, mean, they just weren't built to last. They really weren't. Was there not they, enough of them? They, there, there weren't that many to begin with, but they just, they weren't, they, you know, I, I love my, I love my AMC Matador, Yeah, but they weren't, they yeah. weren't very well built. I they, had a, I had a, they weren't there. A, a gremlin and I, and I think I drove it for maybe a year or two years. I don't remember, but it was, I thought it was kind of a cool car. And now if you can find one, because I have looked, just, you know, we, we had an episode where we were talking about finding cars that you grew up with. Yeah. Now it's now it's a car that you want again. And uh, I can't believe in some of the conditions, uh, good condition gremlins that are out there and how much money they're getting, you know, yeah. 20 plus thousand dollars. And then those. they get obscure and weird. And now people want you yeah. obscure and weird stuff. So. All right, so listen, you're listening to the Motor Mouths. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motor Mouths, and what we do every weekend about this time is we talk about cars, if you didn't know already. And we encourage you to join the conversation on our Rick's Powder Coating text line at 901-683-0989. Now, we might not necessarily respond today, but we'll respond. We'll, we'll get, we will definitely get to your question. You can also find us on themotormouths.com. There's a contact us portion. You can hit us up on email, send us pictures, issues, gripes, complaints, concerns, and questions. And, of course, as I've been saying, you can interact with me live every Monday on uh, twitch.tv slash Undead. I also share that link on all the social medias. And Bud's doing a lot of good work on that Monday night thing. A lot of people chiming in, asking questions. And uh, that game, I got to I gotta try it. I mean, you, you seem to be getting hooked it, it, on it. It's weirdly, like, like hypnotic because it's, 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 a, it's a game that's not, there's no, there's no, like, intensity no to it. No shoot-em-up yeah, or there's no... none of that. You're just, yeah. you're just, uh, 
building cars, taking them apart, putting them together. Again, there's some weird inaccuracies in it, but what's been kind of fun is some of my friends that have been coming by, uh, I'm actually able to explain how engines work because it's all there. And I can, I, I, um, you start with nothing, you put the block in there, you put the crankshaft, the pistons, the heads, and I can, I mean, I kind of just go through what all these, what all these objects do. Uh, so you can check out Bud on Monday nights there, and you can also find everything out that we just mentioned uh, typically on Newstalk989.com. Click on the motor miles, and it links to everything. So Bud and I have spent, as the weather gets, you know, I like to go to the junkyard for a couple of reasons. One of those is it's kind of solace. I like to wander around the junkyard. I, I like to have a list of things that I need, not necessarily a big list, but for me, it's kind of, it's quiet. You know, I'm with with people who are Except at the, the sound same of power interests, tools, which is fine. Yeah, it's like, and it's 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 actually I just I like doing it, and so it's a, I think it's kind of fun, ditch, to look at like a car and be like, how did that get here? Yeah, what, what's that car's story? And, you know, and, and sometimes what's left in those cars that are taken to the junkyard, it's pretty amazing. Some stories, but anyway, uh, I'll always go with the list. I tell people how did when they ask me how did you learn to do everything you do on your truck, and I said uh, uh, university junkyard. It's yeah. uh, two dollars admission. And I go and I'll, if there's something I want to do on my truck and I don't know how to do it, I'll go practice on one at the junkyard <laughs> yeah, first. And then if the part's worthy, I will take it with me. Otherwise, I've learned how to do it. But the one thing I've started doing, believe it or not, bud, is tires. Right. Junkyard tires. Now, I remember about a year ago, I came in bragging to you about these tires that I got off a truck. And you were like, man, I would, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd ever buy used tires from, especially from a junkyard. But you saw the tires I got; they've yeah, lasted that's, me a that's year. That's that conditioning of working in a tire shop and seeing all the horror stories of people coming in, just all the horrible things people do to their tires. Yeah, and it's and and it's it's terrifying. But you know, I'm coming around, Ditch. After seeing these, I mean, you you brought in those, you had those what the uh, Bridgestone Duelers yep. that you just got for just your got, truck. Mm -hmm. What and you paid what for those? It was seventy seven dollars, and these are these by the for way, two of them. For two and on the rims, because here's the thing, you know, the junkyard doesn't have, uh, he, 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 I, I see guys out there, it's hard, it is, Bud knows this because Bud's worked at a tire shop, to get a tire off by hand of oh, the yeah. rim and break the bead and all that stuff, that's, well, I that's, saw that the, the, the shop we went to, they got a tire machine there They do for have you. a tire machine there, but, uh, uh, careful with those, you can break your hand if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, and so, what I do is I'll take the tires, if they're good, and it's the same year, same model, of course, my truck. And I'll just take the tire and the rim and everything off and just replace the tire and rims that I have on my truck. Now, now. do you get them balanced? Do they have a balancer? Um, yes. The the two sets that I've bought so far this way have been balanced and they have worked. Now, the new ones that I just got, the, the Bridgestones you're talking about, I do need to get those, I think, yeah. adjusted. And, and for vibrations. those who don't know, balancing a tire is, think about if you have like a bicycle tire and you're holding the axle and someone spins it. You stick a weight on one end of that. It's not going to spin smoothly. It's you're gonna you're gonna feel the the pull of that weight. That is amplified on a tire. You're doing seventy miles an hour, and there's so much as like two grams of extra weight on your rim. You're gonna feel that vibration. That's what happens when you're in a car and it, you you get up to highway speeds and you start feeling a bunch of vibration in the wheel. That's probably an imbalanced tire. Yeah. And you can't let that go too long. That's right. All that vibration is bad for your suspension, bad for your drivetrain. So if you that, that's one thing I would say, ditch is if you're getting tires from the junkyard make sure those tires are balanced if they're rim if they're rimmed for sure and it doesn't necessarily mean because they were balanced on the truck i got them off of that it necessarily will because i'm i'm sensing some vibration on these that i got 
Uh, so they, they either weren't balanced before, or there may be something with suspension on my truck that's or, or throwing you, it off a, a little. Or a weight got knocked off yeah. when, you, when you pull them. So uh, there's, there's all that. Now, uh, what I would say is if you're going to go this route, if you're going to get used tires from the junkyard, there's definitely some things to look for. And uh, first off is no chunks missing. Like if they kissed a curb or something like that, and there's a, like you can, there's a big chunk missing yeah. from the tire, definitely want to keep an eye out for that. Uh, you want to look out for um, what we call the ring of death. So when you when you if you imagine a tire that's being driven on that's slightly deflated, right? It's down to like less than 20 psi. If you drive on that for too long, like I've said before, it's like creasing a piece of paper. The sidewall of the tire starts to separate, and you can identify that. And I mean, j- it's as easy as looking up a, a, a an image on Google, uh, just tire ring of death there's going to be tons of pictures and if you see this this sort of faded line going around the the sidewall that's that's a big big red flag and then the other thing is if you if you do separate it from the rim and you look inside if there's any rubber debris like dust or like something you can pick up there's any debris in there from the inner sidewall that's also it's it's the same thing but on the inside that's a tire tire most likely to fail first Sidewall or tread? Fail, I would say yeah. sidewall. Okay. Um, tread, of course, is susceptible to punctures, right, uh, right. screws and nails and all that. But if you, if the, the, uh, a blowout occurs usually when people drive on, it's so funny you think like, oh, there's low pressure. How do you have a blowout if there's low pressure? But it's because the tire is designed to ride at a certain height at the proper inflation, which is usually 32 PSI. Uh, nowadays, you got 39. You got some cars that go to 41. They're just a, like my, my HHR, it's just 30 all the way around. So check the door. Jam. If you open up your door, there's a little label on the inside of the door jam, and it will tell you what. And always go by that. Don't look at the tire. The tire does not tell you what the pressure is supposed <laughs> to be. You go by what the car you're driving. So goes, if, if it uh, looks like it, it could use a little more air, you got to look to make sure what the actual number is. Yeah. Don't just say yeah, it looks. But it, like, so, but, so like I said, if you drive if you drive on if you drive on a low inflated tire, you get that ring of death I was telling about. That ring of death is indicative of weakness in the sidewall. You've lost rubber. There is less rubber there than there's supposed to be. Sooner or later, you hit a bump too hard and that's when your blowout happens you pointed out something to me i never knew and that is the age of the tire meaning when yes, was it manufactured was i didn't know you could look on the tire and find every that. single tire manufactured in america will have uh, or manufactured for america i guess i should say will have a department of transportation serial number stamped on the side of it and a lot of times what it is it has to be stamped on both sides but they only put the date code on one side and it's the last four digits it's in a little oval and again this is one of those things if you if you um if you just google how to find a date a date stamp you can easily pull that Wouldn't up on they your make phone. it easier for the general public to know that that's, 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 every, that's something they should be teaching in driver's ed yeah if they yeah. taught driver's ed here but so uh, the other thing to look at and this one thing i will immediately t- say no i'm not taking these tires out of the junkyard is if you're starting to see cracking now yeah i got well, to really, looking at really these quick on the date on the date oh yeah ditch, go ahead, go um, ahead. what they're going to have is it's a four digit number it's the year and the week of the year that that tire was manufactured anything over five years i will get into that cracking you're about to start talking about um you want to start looking for that the the uh, if, if a tire lived its life in sunlight all the time versus parked in a garage or in the shade often that makes a difference so oh, okay. five uh, under five years you're generally okay five to ten years do some inspection make sure it's good no cracking like like you're about to get into and then anything over 10 years don't touch it so you said the year or and the week so the year, it'd be so like it'll be- 35 and 2012 it would be, it would, so the, the number thirty fifth week. The number would be the number would be twelve thirty five. Okay. So the two thousand twelve, the thirty fifth week. Uh, or we, I'm sorry, thirty five twelve. The 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 thirty fifth gotcha. week of two thousand twelve. Okay. Oh, interesting. All right. Because I was looking for a, a date, like you know, oh four, oh one. 
2012, and I didn't see one anywhere. Right. I was like, well, I don't know. Where's Bud finding this, man? Uh, but, yeah, the tires that I got just recently when we went to the junkyard, uh, I, I know they got a lot of good tread on them. You saw them, these Bridgestones. Uh, but I did see, uh, I started to inspect it further. There is a little bit of cracking in, in the inner walls of the treads. You got to really look. And right. so, you know, uh, the way I drive around, I'm, I drive around like an old man, dude. Yeah, I'm not a, too a little bit, about A little bit of cracking. It all, it all depends on how deep it looks. Now, when you really start to see it separate and you can stick your thumbnail in there, that's yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's another red flag. That's something you want to start being. That's, that's again, that's, that's risking a blowout. Well, it was time for these tires or some tires because there was a split about the size of my pinky in one of my tires. I'm like, all right, I've worn the hell out of these things, man. Yeah. The fact that there's no tread and now they're splitting and, on the, and if on the sidewall. Any, if there's any steel belts anywhere, you see any of the steel belts coming out of it. That goes back to what I was saying about the chunks missing. Yeah. If you see, if you can, if you can see the steel belts going around the or going around the tire, it's it's time to replace that thing. And and again, if it's the if it's the one in the junkyard, if it all looks good, but there's a portion of it that's all worn down to to the metal, walk away. Questions or comments about tires? Uh, it's very easy. 901-683-0989 or Rick's Powder Coating text line if you have a question about what we just talked about. And, and you know what, Ditch? I do want to point out, you said those tires, you got them for 77 bucks. Yeah. Just so you know, th those Bridgestone Duelers, a set of those new would probably be about 900 Whoa! About, about 450 for a pair. Really? For a, for a brand new oh, set of those. Nice, and those dude. things, I mean, what, you had seven thirty seconds of an inch. They were maybe, yeah. you know, 30% you. No, probably about, probably about. 25% used. Yeah. Like you still have a lot of life left in those oh, things. Oh, awesome. That That's, makes it, you feel even better. Man, yeah, it save a lot of money. But again, you got to do your homework for sure. And it's rare that you get those. I will say that. That that was just a find. That's the other thing about what I like about junkyards is sometimes you find stuff that, you know, maybe you hadn't planned on it. Because when Bud and I went the first day, we we kind of gave up. And, and then I went again last weekend and I walked further into the junkyard and found this red Dodge truck sitting there with these Bridgestones on. I'm like, wow, there it is. And yeah, I got some of what I needed. It turns out that bracket I got for my sway bar was the wrong one because my Jeep has the tow package. Okay. Uh, the sway bar bracket I needed is bigger. So the one I got off that other that other truck was, uh, it, was a, it was a ZJ. It was too small. But I did get the uh, I did get the locking mechanism for my tailgate. Did it work? Thing. Yeah, and that's uh, you know it was thirteen bucks yeah. instead of a hundred for a new one, so I'll take it. Yeah, and uh, there are certain things that I just will not get at a junkyard for my truck. Uh, I'll go new, and and I've learned that for the most part, anything re uh, anything around the braking system. I, I stay away from yeah, that. Break, I have new, new parts for brakes. Yeah, always. absolutely, and they're not that expensive, man. Come on, mm -hmm. a set of brake pads. And, and again, you get bucks. a caliper, you get you get a lifetime warranty with it nine times out of ten. So yeah. there's no reason not to just spend the extra for that. All right, Ditch. So uh, I do want to get into this story. I was so there's this YouTuber I watch. His name is Tavarish, and he's uh, he actually blew up because he bought the old uh, an old Pimp My Ride vehicle and restored it. Remember that show, Pimp My oh, Ride? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I was at MTV. Right? MTV. Yeah. Yeah. They um they had this van on and they totally filled it with tv screens and stuff well the mom who had bought this thing only drove it for like a couple of months and then sold it mm -hmm. and it ended up behind this shop for a couple of years well he th this guy he became the first youtuber to end up on the trending page because he bought that and did like a two video series where he restored it back to its uh oh, pimp okay. my ride quality <laughs> and it ended up it ended up in a museum somewhere but anyway he also was uh blew up because he rebuilt a, he completely rebuilt a mclaren by himself it was a 675 lt it had been in a wreck and he tore it down rebuilt the whole thing and it worked briefly but it worked he, he just blew up the motor recently oh well man. now he's blowing up the internet again because he bought a two million dollar mclaren p1 there's only like 370 of these things i think or that might have been the mileage it wasn't there's very few 
McLaren P1s, the two million dollar car. That's part of the price, yeah. And it was it actually was a car that went viral because when there was uh, those hurricanes hitting Florida last year, this thing was completely submerged in seawater. It got dragged out of its garage. The, there was video posted by the owner of this car and a and a uh, uh, Rolls Royce completely submerged in water in his garage. It actually tore the garage open, dragged it out, and it slammed it into a tree. Oh, so whoa! He was he was. Uh, debating whether or not he wanted to buy this thing. I kid you not, a bank loaned him $575,000 to buy this thing off of Copart. And uh, basically, he went to them and said, hey, I'm a YouTuber. Here's how I make my money. And, I mean, he gets tons of views. He's, he's definitely, clearly the bank thinks he's a worthy investment. But uh, he started tearing into this thing, and it's, like, way worse than he thought. Oh, no. Here, I got, I got, some, I got some money. This is, from, this is from the channel VinWiki, where he's doing, like, an interview about buying the car. Okay. And it was bad. It was <laughs> so bad. So let me give you a rundown of what this McLaren P1 needed. It had 316-ish very easy miles and 500 yards of really just terrible treatment. The clamshells, and there, there are two big clamshells, one in the front, one in the back. Those were damaged because it's just hitting trees and stuff like that. The panels were misaligned because uh, water pressure does weird things to panels. The doors had uh, cracks in them. The glass in the front and the glass on the top, it actually has two glass panels on the top. Those are both broken. The glass in the back shattered, completely gone. The carbon fiber panel that opens up to allow you to charge the car, that was gone. So that's somewhere in Fort Myers area. The taillight was, it looked like a, a tree went through it. There was a giant gaping hole in the, in the carbon clamshell in the back. And on the bottom of the car, uh, whenever the tow truck driver, this is my favorite guy in the world right at this point, when he got the car onto the flatbed, uh, it was sitting on what looked like a toilet. And I don't know if it was a toilet, it just kind of looked like one. And he dragged it, and when it dragged, it put a gouge into the carbon tub, like the actual structure of the car. So now there's just like a nice little zipper rip in there. And then on the inside, the inside smells like electrical fire because it has a battery. And the battery is a really big hybrid battery uh, that allows the car to get to 903 horsepower, you know, plus its uh, internal combustion engine. It allows the car to drive in electric only mode for like about six miles. It's a really cool feature of the car. And that just by the smell alone looked like it fried completely. Yeah, so Ditch, he goes on to say that that battery costs $175,000, and you can only get it from McLaren, and I think they're not even making them. You have to get, like, a used one. Oh, man. So, the, so and how much did he pay for this in this five, condition? 575000 for a $2 million hypercar, and he's trying to salvage what he can. He also, he did say that a lot of the couplings and, like, mechanical connections and electrical connections are weather-sealed, so a lot of it did survive. The motor appears to have survived. Oh, well, that's good. But... Uh, repairing carbon fiber is next to impossible. That's something I kind of learned watching his previous video about the other McLaren that he bought. So that gouge he's talking about in the bottom of the tub could be... Replace only. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it, you might be able to repair it, but it's going to cost a ton of money. He's, he's, he, he basically is saying he's going to have to invest about a million dollars in this thing to <laughs> rebuild it. So he's going to be about a, a $1.6 into it. It's it, there's no way he's ever getting his money back. No. It's just not going to happen. But well, you know, there's a story in Memphis. Police have recovered. If you live anywhere near Sutton Meadow Lane, uh, you, you may have noticed there was a lot of people around a house, 1400 block of Sutton Meadow Lane, because 
there was a McLaren uh, 720S valued at about $346,000 and a stolen, that was a 2021 McLaren. There was a 2019 Lamborghini uh, valued at about $287,000 that were found at a home in Cordova. Oh, and there was also a Nissan Maxima that was also stolen at the house. Oh, did I say that there was also a 2019 Maserati stolen at this house? Uh, And they're just keeping them at the house? Yeah. Yep, and the apparently the homeowner and his parents were arrested for this, and it's 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 odd because the parents they they they're probably based on the mug shots they look like they're in the '60s, and uh, the man who is being arrested for per- perpetrating all this stuff, he uh you know I don't know he probably looks like he's in his 40s, but these things were just tucked away at, at Sutton Meadows in Cordova. <laughs> where are they from? Like, I, where were they stolen from? I don't know, but the man was arrested on Monroe downtown is where they found him. So the, the, the auto theft division of NPD has been watching these folks. But my first question was, and I was asked this when I'm somebody... Lo- I'm looking at this. They're, they're, uh, they're stolen from their Hertz rentals from the airport. Yeah. That, that's, somebody asked me, like, who has these kind of cars in Memphis? And they do exist, by the way. But we, we found out that they were stolen from a rental place, Hertz rental of all places, at the airport. So, yeah, you know, you want to rent one of these cars, you know, you could. But uh, Hertz Rental at the Memphis International Airport in 2019. So they've had them for four years. Yeah, they've been Jeez. cruising around with these cars for four years. Just cruising around in them casually. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't been pulled over. Those those kinds of cars get pulled over all the time. And one me... of their neighbors, Alexis Williams, says she would always see them driving by. And she never thought, you know, about, that anything was suspicious. Although she thought, wow, those are really expensive cars right? they have over there. <laughs> She goes, we've seen the people. The neighborhood seems like it's a real sweet neighborhood. They seem nice. She goes, but it was just odd that they were driving around in these cars. Yeah, you think? A <laughs> little bit. Oh, by the way, they also found a bunch of guns and marijuana in one of the cars. So that that uh, should not surprise you. Clearly, they're diversifying their crime. Yeah, yeah. So uh, those those cars do exist around Memphis. Um, I would you know, be terrified to drive around in a stolen car. I oh, really would. Especially one of those because everyone's looking it, at yeah, you. Yeah, and they, and they get pulled over all the time. There's that famous video of that guy who got uh, who got pulled over because uh, he was in a Lamborghini and he was actually from Dubai and it had a Dubai license plate on it and the cop was giving him a really hard time and he had like this giant portfolio of, of paperwork he needed to have to legally drive it and the guy didn't recognize any of it but uh, you see a lot of these a lot of these YouTubers that have these kinds of cars they, they there's video after video on like TikTok of these guys getting pulled over and what they have to deal with and you know a lot of times the cops giving them a hard time and oh, you're, you're too loud and, and all that do you um, I want to change subject here but yeah, yeah. do you enjoy driving your gas-powered car every day i do too uh but it's going to get tougher and tougher to drive around in gas-powered cars because uh regulations they are ratcheting up the regulation regulations and going to make it even more difficult uh not only for you and costly to you but really ratcheting up the pressure on the auto manufacturers to stop making uh, gasoline powered engines is the government fixing things until they're broken exactly 2027 there's going to be some new real deep regulations put on auto manufacturers who continue to build gas only uh, powered engines and that cost will be they're either going to get out of the business or they're going to extend that cost to the consumers right and eventually what the government and these greenies are trying to do is Price all of us out of gasoline power. They make cars. us all drive electric. They're forcing it. You have and- two choices, bud. Spend all that money, and they say that with these new regulations, it could drive the cost of an EV twenty thousand dollars. Oh, jeez! So if you're already looking at a fifty thousand uh, dollar EV, which is the low end, add another twenty to that by twenty twenty seven. So your choice is either that pony up that kind of money, 
or what they really want to do, in my opinion, is force us into these suburban eco neighborhoods that they're that they're really pushing for right. in these urban cities and make you ride the bus. You're gonna end up. They they don't want us driving. This country in cars. was built around the car, man. You can't just you can't just automobile. It's just you can't take this crazy left turn and just be like, okay, we're all doing this now. Yeah, the automobile came from the word autonomous. You, but they you're going to lose your autonomy, and that's one part of this. If uh, if you so what I would say is. I know that used cars right now, gasoline-powered cars uh, used, are expensive, but you might stock up on them. Bud, you've stocked up on your gasoline Oh, yeah, no, I'm cars. set. I don't have to buy another car. I mean, I'm going to, <laughs> but I don't have to buy another car right. for at least a decade or two. Yeah, but we could spend a whole show talking about this new regulation, and maybe one day we will. Uh, but in the meantime— it, it, In fairness, it hasn't passed yet. And hopefully it won't, and then maybe we'll get some common sense. But common sense from the government, I'm not holding my breath. No, no, we got to raise hell about it. That's that's for sure. Uh, and it's they want it to, and they will do everything possible, including an executive order from the president if needed. So that's it for today. If you want to reach out, a comment, a question, 901-683-0989. Uh, of course, you can get everything you need to know about the Motor Mouths at Newstalk989.com. At the top, you'll see the Motor Mouths. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motor Mouths.